Next on BYU Sports Nation, how do you define success against the rivals Utah, Boise State, and that team in Logan? Mitchell Jurgens is going from star man to sideline reporter. He'll join us, and ESPN's Adam Amin gives us the inside scoop on the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. <laughs> One of the greatest interviews we'll ever do. <laughs> Plus the best red, white, and blue moment in Cougar sports history. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Story, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What's up? It's the day before the day, baby. Tuesday, July 3rd, I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is working on his unfinished basement, so I'm teamed up with parade proponent Jason Shepard. Today is probably not the best time to be bringing up parades with me. First of all, overall, I'm not parade guy. Is that un-American? No, 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 no. I know a lot of people don't like parades. Quick question of the day on but, the social but media. But beyond that, I was at Disneyland last week. Yes, you were. So, Where's the gauntlet? Oh. You said you were going to bring back? Uh... Never saw it. What? Never saw any concession stand selling it. Are you never, serious? Never saw anybody <gasps> wearing one. We like, pumped pump this up. Lim- if it was a limited edition, and I'm not spending $100 on eBay to get one. Well, just snap your fingers and get one. Come on. But then half the people would. What the? Are you serious right now? <laughs> what? I didn't. Uh, nobody oh knows. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We have to move on. I'm so upset. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. I, I just need a moment. I need a oh moment. my gosh, that was nothing. Yesterday, Jason and Brian chronicled the new plaque in the BYU football facility, chronicling program goals. Remember how we talked like a week or two ago about we, didn't, we don't have these spelled out. Oh, they're spelled out now. Among them is win the rivalries with Utah, <laughs> Utah State, and Boise State. Jason. What is success against the three rivals this season? Look, I mean, if BYU can go 2-1 and one in those three games, I think that's very successful. That's beating Utah State at home, which is going to happen, and then splitting versus Utah and Boise State. And because of the recent history with Utah overall, we don't need to get into it, seven in a row, we know. We all, we all know. And, the, and taking on the Broncos in Boise, BYU's never won there. Lost Thrice by yeah, one point. Yes. I mean, it, it will not be easy to do that, but that would certainly but be success. But it would success. be worth it. It certainly would be worth no it. No one said it would be easy, Jason. Two and one would certainly be success. Absolutely. Two and one is, is, uh, would be awesome. Okay, three and oh is uh, crazy, probably. Wins at Boise State, probably ranked team. Utah, lost seven in a row. Those are going to be hard. They're on the road. Even if they were at home, I would say that'd be hard. BYU didn't beat any of them last season. Oh, and three. Okay, five times of the seven years in independence, BYU's played all three, okay? 2012, one and two. 2013, two and one. 2015, two and one. And one of those was a Hail Mary, right? 2016, one and two. 2017, oh and three. So the, the chances of BYU going two and one, it's been two times out of five. I'm thinking BYU likely, I would guess, is going one and two. You beat Utah State, and then you hope to be competitive, give yourself a chance at Boise State and at Utah. I would... Take two and one in a in a minute. without question. Like that means you got to win over Boise State or Utah on the road. Which one do you want more? Utah, of course, of course. But Boise Boise State might mean more nationally because they are likely to be ranked. But Utah could be ranked as well. Who knows? Who knows? But I th- listen with the rivals. It's important to beat your rivals. If BYU loses again to Utah, and it's eight in a row. 
it is clear who the dominant team in the state is. And it's clear right now. BYU needs to challenge the status quo, which is to beat Utah. And in the regional rivalry, Boise State. Utah State's in there basically because they've been playing for a long time. Yeah, I mean, there's, look, I mean, in terms... It's a, it's a traditional rivalry as opposed to an actual rivalry, like you said yesterday, the rival, uh, versus the regional rival. Yes. And the, we're not a Power 5 team, but respect us, dang it, against Boise State. That's, that's the rivalry there. Yeah, there's a reason why there are three teams on that, that plaque that we talked about yesterday. I wish randomly there was, like, UConn on there, <laughs> just, just because it'd be stupid. UMass. Yes, you put UMass on the rivalry thing. They were going to play them four years Beat in UMass, a row. yes. That's Spencer's... But yeah, I mean, that's two, two and one. I, I agree with you. What's probably most realistic, just based off of history. And odds. Yes, is, is, is one and two. Right. But yes, two and one in that scenario would absolutely be successful. Amen. If you can go three and oh. Oh, three and oh is like, it's like yeah, put it's, on the blue goggles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should I do that right now? Yeah, do it. Look. You know what? Blue goggle alert. Now, you prefer these ones. No, these are absolutely like, the ones. Cyclops. These are absolutely. We did, we've got now, to figure out, though, how well, to fix the battery so that they light up again. Yeah. Well, don't we have an old engine, engineering department we here? Do. We do. But I'm going to be honest with you. Through these glasses, 3 and 0 seems very possible. Yes, it does, Cyclops. Just mm-hmm. don't take those off and destroy Studio B. Yeah. Don't you dare point at Studio C. <laughs> point at Studio A if you're going to point at one. Gosh. All right, tomorrow's the 4th of July, so we're feeling patriotic. Yeah, you've baby. Got your, you've got your Team USA, your red, America. white, and blue We're going right to win now. the World Cup, man, in 2039. We're not in it. Uh, as we talked about, BYU football recognizing Utah, Boise State, Utah State as their rivals. Mm-hmm. So let's look what we did here. We got real creative with this. With Utah representing red, for I, obvious reasons. I get it. Boise State white, and Utah State Blue. Well, what blue is the question? Well, it's BYU blue. Eh. Uh, what's the best red, white, and blue moment in BYU rivalry history? I'm going to go with the Utah one, but I have some more I can't thoughts believe you're going to take mine. And I'm the only person that will ever think of this. I didn't know you owned this. I do own Interesting. this. Interesting. Uh, Beck to Harleen is <sighs> such an incredible moment. Also, it's one of the last times we always defeated Utah. Uh, Spencer and I were on the sideline. If you look closely in this clip that we're showing from the mountain, uh, we're in the lower left there. Uh, finds his guy, touchdown, plenty of time, plenty of time. What a moment. Like, that was such a great moment. I have a, I don't have a lot of BYU pictures on my wall at home. In fact, I only have one, and it's that. Uh, the producer at iProvo, where Spencer and I worked prior to working here, uh, he took that photo, and it's, like, massive in my house. And I just, it was a great moment. Like, it was a great moment to snap a four-game losing streak, which at the time we thought was a lot. <laughs> Uh, that was a great moment to beat Utah there. <laughs> yeah, it's Beck to Harleen. And quite awesome. frankly, there's nothing that even comes close oh, to that. Even even 2000 and 2001 no, no, and no, 2000? No, no. That is... 98, 96? That is that? the moment okay. for me, hands down, that is the greatest moment in BYU rivalry history. I remember when, when Utah scored to go up with a minute 15 left. I told Spencer, they left too much time on the clock. And there was a fourth down conversion to Johnny Hunt. It was awesome. Okay. The best part of that whole thing is that everybody was so focused on Beck and the rush on Beck that nobody saw Johnny. So when the pass was thrown... Literally no one but John <laughs> and Johnny. Basically two Johns. Like everybody's head turned and you're like, someone's there! 
Or you think he's crazy <laughs> throwing to nobody. It was awesome. We've asked Johnny Harleen on this program, was there any chance, like, were you nervous you were going to drop that? Because you know the ball's coming to you, oh, yeah. you're open. And he said, there was no way I was dropping that. No way. Other uh, nominees for great red, white, and blue moments. That is against the three rivals. I'm glad that that's been defined out loud. I, I, I just like clarity, okay? Other moments. 2015 Boise State. Your boy Mitchell Jurgens, who will join us Who's on the program, yep. uh, coming up. We can ask him about his favorite uh, rivalry moment. I imagine that might be it. Uh, <laughs> that was a great moment. Uh, 96 against Utah, the last double-digit win. Mm-hmm. BYU rushed for 300-plus. Steve Sarkeesian threw 12 passes in that game. Keeps that season going. Uh, I believe BYU gets to 12-1 and with that win. 98, Kenneth Shiro clanks it off the... Uh, Doink! Yeah, 96 and 98. I was in the Utah student section, by the way, because my uncle... Uh, Went to Utah, but a big BYU fan, and that's where we got tickets. So I watched both of those as a teenager from the Utah student section, which was a crazy experience. I wouldn't do it now. Uh, 2000 versus Utah, mm-hmm. that was an incredible experience. Lavelle's last game, of course, and if instant replay was uh, in that game, BYU would not have won that game because Luke Staley did fumble the ball. Uh, 2001 against Utah keeping the undefeated season alive, down 11 with six minutes to go. That was awesome. How about Great the, moments. How about the 4th the and 18 versus Utah? Max Hall to Austin Colley. Yeah, our producer Ben Bagley has a fun story about you uh, in that moment. <laughs> how about this one? How about this one? <laughs> Brett Ingeman rallying yes. BYU. From I was a- in the Utah State student section What are you for that doing? One. With my friends that went to Utah Why State. Why are you constantly in opposing student sections? I was there. That's all that matters. Brett Ingeman rallying BYU from a 27-point halftime deficit to beat Utah State in Logan in 2002, 35-34. Ben Olsen on the the side. I talked about that last week. Ben Olsen to UCLA ultimately. Okay, here we are on uh, Tuesday, July 3rd. Provo is buzzing with the Freedom Festival. Okay, air balloons, uh, you know, stadium of fire uh, with One Republic, the parade route formed. uh, And an all-nighter tonight. I don't miss that (laughs) because I lived on University (laughs) Avenue as a BYU student. It was like buzzing all night. I couldn't sleep. It's a celebration of America's independence. And gosh dang it, I love America. So, Jason, as a football independent, mm-hmm. what's the crown jewel for BYU in the past seven seasons? For me, it came down to the two Texas games. Mm. And ultimately, I decided to go with the win at Texas. You were there. I was there. It was awesome. You were in the Texas student section. I was not in the Texas student section because that's not how I roll. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I, I ultimately went with the, the game on the road because they worked Texas on their home field. And especially if you, if you remember what happened in the previous year where obviously BYU, just a weird set of circumstances with the weather. Oh, I remember the three-hour pregame <laughs> I produced. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was absolutely crazy with the weather and the game being postponed. And then BYU comes out and Taysom Hill has an unbelievable game. Jamal Williams, I mean, it just, it was a fantastic game. So the, the, all of the buzz after that was Texas, they want revenge, and they finally getting BYU in Austin. And then BYU goes out and does it again with the help of some leaping Taysom Hill highlights. It was awesome. That's the one for me. Adam Hine, a couple of touchdowns. In yes. That, one. that was awesome. To me, it's starting 4-0 in 2014, which that game was a part of right. that start. That was the high watermark. In Independence, the crown jewel. Ranked 19th in the AP poll. Lots of buzz nationally about Taysom Hill as a Heisman dark horse. And the discussion was, could BYU run the table? Side note, I don't remember anybody discussing BYU's lack of a strong schedule and not enough power fives in that start. BYU played Virginia, who ended up being a five-win team. Beat Texas, who ended up being an eight-win team. To me, that's a good win against an eight. 
Uh, a Power 5 win on the road is always good. It's just how good, okay? Uh, and BYU didn't load up and play on the road. A bunch of Power 5. That was great. Dude, winning is better than scheduling tough. We'll do both. It doesn't end up happening. So if you want to be relevant, schedule realistically and then go win. I think 2014 is a great example of what BYU could be as an independent, but for some reason chooses not to be. Instead wants to schedule up, show how tough the program is. And listen, BYU's got to prove they can hang if they're going to schedule up. I love 2014. Who wasn't enjoying that? Who was saying, hey, the schedule isn't tough enough. What are we doing? Nobody! Because winning is awesome. And then the Utah State game happened. I think we have to do other things and not go to break. But our question of the day is just that. What is the crown jewel of BYU independence? Let's go to your responses in the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Friendster. Just kidding. Justin Young is that on Facebook. <laughs> is it? I don't know. It used to be. Justin Young on Facebook. I would say the crown jewel, best thing about it, being able to schedule some of these Power Five teams since they wouldn't have played uh, otherwise. I, I would rather win against some Power Fives than schedule. I would like to stop celebrating the schedule. What is your thought on BYU's schedule in, in terms of its toughness? No time. We only have uh, 47 minutes left. I don't think we've really gotten into that yet. I'm curious <laughs> your thoughts on that. Listen, Arizona is not going to be the crown jewel per se. Why, but it, why not? But it would be nice to beat the Wildcats in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 60 days. There's this look. We hadn't discussed it where it's like, what are we like, doing? Like, how many syllables are we doing, are we doing yes. with this? Are we doing... S- well, that, I think that one that was, was pretty fairly, clear. yes. Yeah. Or 60. Yeah, that's weird. That was weird. I, yeah, I immediately regret doing that's that. That's really weird. But it's not as weird as what's coming up on the program. Hey, coming up, the man calling the National Hot Dog Contest tomorrow yes! on ESPN. He's a friend of the program. Adam Amin will join us. I can't wait for that. That's fantastic. We're not talking anything other than hot dog eating contests with him. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> and the newest addition to the BYU football radio broadcast team, Mitchell Jurgens, tells us what he expects from the receivers this season. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Download the BYU Sports Nation podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And as we always like to say, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. you got to love the podcast. got to love it. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our question of the day. What's the crown jewel of BYU independence? Jonathan Biggs on Facebook. In this order, beating Oklahoma. That wasn't an independence, but that was a great win. Nebraska, Texas. Hmm. All former Big 12 teams, one in the Big 10 now. Nebraska, that's... that's That was a nice win. That was, it was more than a nice win. I don't now, care what ultimately happened with Nebraska. You go I, into I Lincoln and win a game, that's a big deal. You, and then you, you win it the way the you did. You were in the Nebraska student section I was not... I was actually on a plane flying home watching that on the airplane. Nice. It's a good thing you had a, a plane with TV on that. Yeah. Well, it's a private jet. I mean, what are you going to do? That's not true. It's not true. Uh, Continue to join the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll read your responses uh, throughout the show. I feel like we should have, like, a crown on when we're talking about the crown jewel. Uh, 
When you lose to UMass, you can't wear a crown. The next that time. right there okay. is an excellent point. And why isn't UMass on the uh, the rivals? You know, the the three rivals there. I, th- I think they should have been on there. Like, if I put a piece of tape on there with UMass on there, is anyone going to be mad? <laughs> I think a lot of people would be mad, actually. <laughs> Other moments in independence that have really stuck out. Uh, I, Michigan I th- State? Beating Michigan State was nice. Now, that team ends up winning four games. Mm-hmm. So, after the fact, you go, what? Um, I think the 2016 season is underrated quite a bit in all of this. BYU had a really tough schedule. We've talked about it. Some of those teams weren't as good as we thought they'd be. Uh, but you can only control what they are in the moment, like you said. Um, and BYU, that season goes 9-4, and four, 12 points from undefeated. A lot of people say 8. 8 would tie. You can't win by tying. 12 points away from an undefeated season in that way. You're also like 12 points away from maybe being uh, losing, having a losing record. But Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams were so good. The BYU was in every game, had yes. this incredible string of uh, heart-wrenching, throbbing, seven-point-or-less type of games. To me, that's the best season in Independence. Spencer and I think 2016 was the best year. Yeah, for, my, for me, I, I guess it would be very difficult. Maybe another to, season. No, no, no I think it would be very difficult to argue that I'll hang right up now. and listen. First time, long time. Uh, I'll take, your, <laughs> take your answer off the air. Thank you. 2011 was a 10-win season. Yes. Uh, but I don't know that that schedule was particularly tough. In fact, I don't think it was tough enough. And that's from Schedule Guy, right? Uh, use up on the schedule. I think 2011 was a cakewalk. Was that your take? BYU played the whack in November, and those were easy, right? Too easy. TCU in 2011, you know, at, at Jerry's World, you still played Utah at the beginning of the year, and that was a, a forgettable game for sure. But 2016 um, was a tremendous yeah. season. Some really memorable. Went Mississippi State at home. And, uh, you, of course, get Michigan State. And that was a fun year. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think you're absolutely right on, on 2016. Absolutely. This one is kind of interesting. This is a little out of the box. Let's outside the box. Uh, at D underscore Ford underscore Pond on Twitter. Having almost every game available to a, nation, a nationwide audience, I don't know if we realize how lucky we are to have that reach. Okay, in 2011, I think that was more of a thing. 2010. I, like... Is it a big deal if the game's on CBS Sports Network? Like, I love having ESPN. It's very accessible. It's fantastic. But I would rather be worried more about on the field than off the field, frankly. That's just me. It's just an out-of-the-box thinking. I like yeah. it. Being creative. Yes. Thank you for that response. Keep him coming. Now joining us uh, on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, he's the new BYU football radio sideline reporter. You know him. You love him. He's Mr. Starman. It's Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell, what is up? And welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. It's uh, it's good to be here. Get used to being on the radio, buddy. Uh, congratulations <laughs> um, on the new sideline reporter gig. What, is, what does it mean to be the next guy uh, roaming the sidelines on the radio for BYU football? Um, man, it means a lot. I'm I'm just super excited for the opportunity. Um, I've I've missed being apart from BYU football in the last uh, you know the last year, and uh, so I'm just excited to get back and. Um, one, be back in Provo, and but just to be involved with BYU football again. I'm, I'm super excited and, and very grateful for the opportunity. Mitchell, uh, who would you say you're most excited to work with? Would that be Greg Rubel, uh, Mark Lyons, <laughs> or the, I don't know, they have a, have a decent... The, the dashing studio host. The studio host. host. Uh, any, any thoughts on that question? It uh, depends, uh, depends on who's listening, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, no, it really doesn't, Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> 
Both of us have sidelined <laughs> games on the radio, whether it be spring or the regular season or whatever. So go ahead and take this moment to just pick our brains if you have any questions for us, Mitchell. You think you want to know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, well, give me your best advice. What uh, what not to do, what to do. I'm... Uh, I'm here to learn. So don't I run onto the field. This radio thing. So yeah, don't. I know you're used to being able to run <laughs> on the field, unless it's halftime and you're going up to Kalani for for the you know halftime uh, information. Don't run on the field. That would be probably number one. I would say. Here's my piece okay. of advice. So 2011 against TCU in uh, Cowboys Stadium. I'm right next to Riley Nelson as he high fives the ref. I'm about to weigh in. Mark Lyons stole my thunder. Don't let Mark steal your thunder, okay? You just flip that switch on the Batman utility pack, and you make it happen, baby, and it'll be great. Hey, hey I, I'll do that for sure. Yeah. Uh, talking to Mitchell Jurgens, former receiver. You remember him from uh, many a good catch, namely the Boise State game 2015. We're talking about the rivalries and some of the, the great moments that have happened the last couple of years with the rivals. BYU had a plaque that went up, I, I'm sure you saw, that said, win the rivalries, uh, and said Utah, Boise State, and Utah State. So I might know the answer, but I want to hear it anyways. What's your favorite moment against one of those three schools in the past, <laughs> I don't know, forever? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the probably, I mean, the best moment was that uh, that win against Boise State in uh, in 2015, and and not just because you know I was the one who made the catch. Uh, there were plenty of other people who you know helped us get to that victory. Um, but I think the biggest part of that was just the roar of the crowd, um, just to feel you know Provo behind you and supportive and. I think I think those are huge when it comes to these rivalry games. You know, not only winning puts a you know puts a tally in the win column, but I think just having Provo and BYU Nation just behind each of the players is it brings a motivation to each of the guys and and feels like you know we're not just playing for each other, but you're playing for all of our fans and, and that they're supportive and 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 on board with you know what we're doing. So. I think, yeah, just having having the fan support is, is tremendous and is huge. And when I look back at some of those victories, um, that's been a big part of it. It means more, in spite of what you know some coaches and players may say. Like playing certain teams means more. Will you describe to us um, the route you ran and the process and your thought process in the 2015 Hail Mary two catch against Boise State? Yeah, absolutely. Um, with uh, with that last play, I mean, I mean, it's fourth down. Um, we had we had, I believe it was Taron Houck on in a ten yard out. He was kind of the first option as um, just just catching the ball to get a first down, so we could move the chains and and have another shot for maybe a, a closer play or or better chance at a field goal. Um, and so, to be honest, my route was, I think it was. Um, definitely not the first option, second or third option. I was just kind of clearing down the field, and you know when Tanner got pressure, I just you know kept running just in case something, um, in case I was the fourth option, and that was the only one that was available. And uh, so I just kept running up field, looked behind me, and as Tanner was scrambling, he yeah just threw it up, and and fortunately it was it was to me, and and I caught it. So. Um, yeah, definitely not. Or as the play was 
um, before the play happened, I didn't think it was coming to me because I felt like my route was a little irre- ir- irrelevant, but I guess it goes to show you that no route is irrelevant. Amen. If the timing's right, you know, you got to got to be ready. This is what I love about athletes. That play was almost three years ago. You not only remember your route, you remember Taryn Houck's route, you remember what option you were. That is fantastic to be able to recall that <laughs> moment on the spot and know exactly what the situation was. That was fantastic. We're talking with Mitchell Jurgens here on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Lots of discussion, obviously, uh, after a surprisingly inefficient offensive season last year. What do you expect from the BYU offense this season? Uh, I expect a lot of things. I I want to say that uh, I, I saw something the other day with um, with our returning players, the percentage of yardage that um, I guess our returning players had covered for the season. And I want to say passing, it was 99% or, or 100%. Rushing was close to you know, over 95% receiving, I want to say it was 87%. And I think that's something that is, is huge when we look at the offense this year. We've got so many guys returning, and confidence is huge when you're able to perform at, you know, a collegiate level. And these guys have been there. They're, they're not going to get out there thinking, you know, I've never done this before. And, and they're going to go out with confidence. And, um, and they've had, they've made the catches before. They've, They've carried the ball and and they've they know what it's like. So I think we can expect big things, huge improvement, uh, and you know on top of it, not having the season that they had hoped for last year. You know that's going to light a fire under them and and play to the best of their ability. And you know they don't want to miss a bowl game this year, and and so I know that they'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. Talking with Mitchell Jurgens, the new sideline reporter for the BYU football games on the radio. Let's talk about your position specifically. Eighty uh, percent of those, eighty-seven percent of those receiving yards are back. You had Dylan Colley, grad transfer from Hawaii, Gunnar Romney, uh, big-time recruit out of Arizona. What do you expect from the receivers this year? Uh, big things, I, I think. Um, you know, led by a good core. You got you know guys returning. You know those those guys that you men- mentioned that'll come in and have a lot of. Um, you know, a lot of potential and, and guys that I know BYU is excited about. Uh, but then you've, you've got guys that did perform well and made some great plays last year. And Micah Simon, Talon Shumway, Aleva Hifo. Um, you got Moroni coming back from injury. I know he's a, a tight end. But, uh, but yeah, you've got a lot of guys that are coming back with, with the playmaking ability. And I think that's huge when it comes to, you know, whoever's throwing the ball for BYU. Um, just knowing that their guys can go up and make a play. And I think we've got a ton of guys that can do that. And so, you know, I do. I expect some big things from the receiving core. And, and uh, I can see, you know, I've kind of followed them, you know, this off season, And, and you know they're ready or having fun. And, and I think that's what it takes, too, is those guys know that it's it's going to be a fun season. And it's going to be fun watching them just um, just do whatever they can to, to be ready to make plays for whoever's throwing the ball. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just excited to see him do it because I know they can. So after you graduated, you're from the Houston area, for those that don't, that don't know, and you went back and you're working, but, uh, but you're, you're going to be moving back this direction. You were talking about how excited you are to be back in Provo. You and your wife are moving back this month. What's the next uh, couple of weeks like for you before football actually gets here? Yeah, so uh, we, we just uh, signed a contract on uh, – 
uh, found a place up there, and, and so we're excited to move in on um, in mid-July, so we'll come up, and uh, I think it's just, uh, so from here to then, it's, um, I'm preparing for a new job that'll be taken, um, starting, starting at the end of this month as well, and and so just kind of getting, working out the maintenance of this move. And, um, you know, we, we just moved about, you know, six months ago. So we're kind of used to it. We're, we're ramping up for our, our long drive from Houston to Provo, but, uh, but we're excited. How will we know that it's, it's you and not Garrett on the radio? We can't find the mole. <laughs> That's the thing. You won't. If I'm under the weather <laughs> or, you know, lost a voice i can just send them in and no one will know so beautiful <laughs> parent trap that okay mitchell we appreciate the time man look forward to working with you more hey thank you i, I appreciate it it's mitchell jurgens on the deseret first credit union hotline deseret first your values your timeline your financial future the new sideline reporter yeah. BYU football on the radio yeah i'm excited to have him uh, on the on the team it'll be fun coming up espn's adam amin will celebrate the fourth in Coney Island, but he joins us coming up next. I can't wait for that interview. And a World Cup penalty kick version of Between the Lines. Don't miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Getting ready for the 4th of July tomorrow. Can't wait for that. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines with some new music. Let's do it. Uh, Jason Shepard actually recorded this in the BYU radio uh, studios, which is pretty cool. Elijah Bryant confirmed to BYU Sports Nation he will trust the process. He's going to play for the patriotic pick Philadelphia 76ers Summer League Fighting Ben Franklin's. Yes, they invited all kinds of things. Underrated. Underrated. I wrote a paper at BYU about how Benjamin Franklin was actually the number one revolutionary guy, not George Washington. The first game. Did you write that in somebody else's student section? It's Friday, July 6th. <laughs> yes, in England's student section. Friday, July 6th in the uh, Las Vegas Thomas and Mack Center. So many uh, great memories in that gym. Uh, speaking of Vegas, the Las Vegas Superbook has released their national championship and Heisman odds for the upcoming college football season. Washington has 15 to 1, and Wisconsin has 20 to 1 odds to win the national title. Mm. Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin is 8 to 1. Eight Arizona's, to 1. I know. Khalil Tate is at 15 to 1, and Jake Browning from Washington has 20 to 1 odds to win the Heisman. There's some star power on yes, that schedule. Indeed. Five players from BYU football's 2018 opponents made Sporting News preseason first-team All-America list. So the amount of good players BYU is going up against is, is piling up. Players on the list, punter Mitch Wisnowski from Utah, kicker Matt Gay from Utah, linebacker TJ Edwards from Wisconsin, offensive lineman Trey Adams from Washington, and of course running back Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Team USA women won the gold medal in the inaugural uh, FIVB Volleyball Nations League with the help of former BYU player and men's assistant coach Lucas Slave. The men play in the final six starting tomorrow against Poland. That will take place in France. Taylor Sander has not been playing with Team USA because he was expecting a baby, and he and his wife Rachel had their baby uh, over the weekend uh, a couple days ago, so congratulations to them. Well, while the world may be focused... Uh, focusing its attention on the World Cup. There was another important soccer event happening. Not a lot of people knew about this until right now. This week, the Between the Lines team met up with a few member, members of the BYU men's soccer team and even a special guest to have their own World Cup penalty kick contest. This is Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. 
This is our epic Between the Lines World Cup shootout. I'm Lauren McLean, totally know what I'm doing, and I'm representing Chile. I'm Jake Entz, I'm from the soccer team, and I'm representing Japan. I'm Christian Bain, AKA Ryan Botraby, and I'm representing my Brazil. You might not recognize me because of my facial hair, but I'm Johnny Linehan, played on the football team back in the leather helmet days, and I'm representing Australia because I stink at soccer, and it's gonna be great when Australia lose. <laughs> Listen, Christian was talking a little trash earlier. I'm not sure if it's because I'm not a collegiate athlete. He hasn't seen what I can do. He's on the men's soccer team. But he really could see these guns. I think he'd be nervous. I'm not really sure what Lauren's even doing here. I think her, team, her teammate's from Wales or something like that. He told her there was going to be a football match. I think she's a little confused. I mean, have you seen the cleat she's wearing? Please. That's good. You ready? All right. Oh, my bad, dude. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, shoot. That was good. Oh, he touched it. Boom. Like, if I'm being honest here, it would be a little weird if Christian didn't win. He's on the men's soccer team, whatever, but I think I did really well. Well, kind of feels like every day of my life, you know, some things just never get old. Well, I'm not really sure how this is going to go, being as I've actually never missed a penalty kick in my life because I've never taken one. He's going down. All right, I brought a secret weapon with me to help cheer for me, my darling wife and my son, Carter. We ready? I'm ready. Ah! Ah, yes! oh! That did not cross! He's done! Oh. <laughs> oh. It's over! He's, he's trying to throw you off. No, I mean, I can't help you out there. Oh, oh one for three! Yep. Get him, Rash. Save Daddy from the bear. Got him. Got him. How do I feel? How do you think I feel? Oh my god. So are you kidding me? Oh my god! Solid effort. I only made one for three, but the one I made counts for Kelly Clarkson. Going back to her first album. Well, hardly anyone wants Brazil to win. Chile didn't even make the World Cup, and Johnny's not really from Australia. So that only leaves us one choice. Japan, Jake, is the winner of our BTL World Cup shootout. We did it. We did it. <laughs> True soccer player right there. Oh. Soccer player. Oh. Alright! Did we just...
<laughs> what just happened? Did we just witness Johnny? Like, the Provo police like, might need to file a report. Assaulting someone? Wow. Like, that was a legitimate soccer wow. injury. Like, Jacob Entz, who was on the show like two weeks ago. Johnny Lemon just blasts a kickball into the nether region. Jeez. Man. Wow. You can follow more compelling content like that on uh, at BYU <laughs> underscore BTL. Thanks to Lauren and the crew for that. That's funny. Uh, that's good stuff. Okay, we, we mentioned, I, I called for a, a, a poll. I mm-hmm. said, hey, is it un-American to not like parades? Yeah. And, and the people have spoken. Yes, and they agree with me. Everyone <laughs> lined up for the Freedom Festival parade. So on, on Twitter, it said 25% yes, 24% want to know if there will be candy. And 51% of you said no. I really feel like that uh, want to know if there will be candy diluted this poll. And I would like to throw out the results like the uh, Florida results in, what, 02? There's no yeah. hanging chads in this. So many chads voted on this. I don't know what you're talking about. Coming up, hey, right after soccer. Coming up next, we'll give you a World Cup date. Let's how about say that? It didn't go well for Japan, unlike BTL there. And how many it hot did, dogs did he Didn't go well for him either. ESPN's Adam Amini to prepare to call the hot dog eating contest tomorrow. We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. Give me a kickball. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You can follow BYU Sports Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. And if you ever want to chime in and converse with us, which we highly recommend, always use the hashtag BYUSN. I'm Jeremy. He's Jason, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, Check out the rebroadcast at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Now joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is a friend of the program, ESPN's Adam Amin, who has called NFL, MLB, NBA, and what's great college football, women's college basketball buzzer. And now he's calling the hot dog eating contest tomorrow, and he joins us on the program. Adam, welcome back to the show. What could be more American? What could be more patriotic? The child of immigrant parents on the 4th of July at Coney Island talking about hot dogs. Come on. I, I was stoked when I heard you were going to watch this. I traditionally <laughs> haven't consumed this program. I've consumed hot dogs. I think I'm going to do both tomorrow because you're on the call. Uh, see, this, and this is what we want. We, just, we want people to enjoy the hot dogs, maybe in less uh, frequency and volume than the <laughs> folks that uh, we're going to be talking about. But... Enjoy a hot dog. Watch our broadcast before, you know, I know everybody's got uh, barbecues and things of that nature. Go enjoy with your family and friends. That'll be awesome. But maybe we're, uh, maybe we can start off your day. That, that, that's what I'm thinking of. Like preparing to call a basketball game or a base. Like I, I understand how to do that. What is the preparation like getting ready for a hot dog eating contest? Uh, and it's a, really similar in all honesty. Like, uh, like my charts are the same that they were for, you know, like, uh, like most basketball games. Wait, it, there's hot dog you know, eating charts. I, well, I, I create spotting charts, you know, as you guys know, you, yeah. when you go to a football game or a basketball game, you have a spotting yeah. chart with uh, a guy's name, their vitals, some stats, some anecdotes. And that's what my notes look like right now. And I'll, I'm sure tomorrow before we get going, I'll, I'll tweet them out or whatever, just so people can see them. But I mean, they they look they, they look like any other broadcast because you find out who the competitors are, what they're, well, you know, where they were, where they are, what they're trying to do, what their stats are. And yes, there are stats uh, for this because there is a governing body of competitive eating. It's called major league eating. In fact, my analyst, Richard Shea uh, will be uh, on the call with me. He and his brother, George, who is actually the 
the MC for the event in the straw hat, and he'll be on stage uh, introducing all the competitors during the broadcast. They're the co-founders of Major League Eating, and they're the ones who basically keep track of every record, uh, every world record, and those are both, uh, by the way, in play tomorrow uh, for Joey Chestnut. So uh, there are stats, there's anecdotes, you learn stories about these guys, you get a chance to meet with them and interview some of them as well. So this is no different. For me, it's no different uh, than anything else. You learn the rules, you learn the current and historic trends, and it's all good, man. Like This is is how you go about it in any other capacity. That's how we're going to go about it. Uh, over the course of uh, our broadcast tomorrow. We're talking with ESPN's Adam Amin, who will call the hot dog, e- hot dog eating contest tomorrow on ESPN2. What time is it on, by the way? Uh, we'll be on at uh, noon Eastern for the broadcast on ESPN2. The women's competition will be streamed in its entirety at uh, about 10.50 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN3 and the ESPN app, and then we'll have highlights of the women's competition as well. Women's competition is still rare, uh, relatively new. This is only the ninth year of it. The men's competition has been going on for longer than that. But uh, the full broadcast on TV will be on at noon Eastern on ESPN2. Perfect. You're food in the booth guy. So th- during, during <laughs> football games and ba- uh, you know, basketball and, and, and Major League Baseball, you eat food. was this a natural fit for you to be in the hot dog eating contest? That's part of the reason I think they called. <laughs> I think when uh, some of uh, some of the folks at ESPN were thinking of some names to throw around for this because they were looking to to have uh, have somebody new in the booth, and they said, "Well, what about this guy? All he does is eat. Uh, so why don't we why don't we think about him for it?" And uh, when they asked me, I, I thought about it. I asked a few people what you guys think, you know, about this event. People eyes people's eyes lit up when I said. What do you think of the Nathan's contest? And they go, every year I'm watching it. Every single se- you know, every single year on the 4th of July, I turn it on before I head out for the day. Like, people really love this event for whatever reason. It rates well. Like, it's just part of the fabric of the 4th of July. So, for us, it's, uh, it's awesome. Like, I-, I love the fact that, we, that, that they asked, and I love the fact that I get to be a part of it. I, I have to imagine that at some point, because it is a hot dog eating contest, like to call this, is it a rite of passage that you have to try and eat as many hot dogs as possible? Have you even ever attempted this? I have never attempted it. I've never been in a contest uh, of uh, gluttonal superiority in my life. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't wasn't planning on it at any point. Uh, Somebody did ask me how many hot dogs I could eat in 10 minutes, and I said probably only about four if I really tried, but I'm a saver guy. You know, for me, food is, is something to savor and enjoy. And for these competitors, it's become their avenue to, you know, to, to win, to compete, to, to be athletes in a sense. And, and uh, a lot of these uh, competitors, men and women, they take it really seriously. And for me, it may, be, uh, it may not be the same level or method of consumption, but, I mean, it's, it's their livelihood in a lot of ways. So for me, I'm, I have the luxury of not needing it to be my livelihood. And uh, it's not necessarily something I seek to have as a livelihood. I'm just going to go ahead and enjoy it. If somebody puts a hot dog in front of me, I'm eating it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say no by any means. So I'm, I'm happy to consume whatever people just put in front of me. But that's, that's, that's pretty typical, I would say. You know, and it's, it's funny because hot dogs are one of those things that people, in terms of what you put on it. Now, I realize they're not putting anything on the hot dogs that they eat. But in terms of putting things on hot dogs, people get very upset when certain things are on them versus other things. What do you put on a hot dog? Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not a person who gets offended by ketchup. Yes. I'm not going to eat ketchup on a hot dog. I don't like ketchup on a hot dog. And, and that's, that's being a Chicago guy. 
the proper Chicago style hot dog never, ever, ever has ketchup on it. It's mustard, uh, sweet green pickle relish. You can tell it's the bright green relish, uh, celery salt. Uh, the bun should have poppy seeds in it, uh, tomato, pickle, and sport peppers. And, and to me, that is the Chicago style hot dog is the perfect hot dog. And I love, I, there's nothing better to me than the Wrigley Field hot dog because they, they put all the, the, the fixings on it. That's, that's, to me, the perfect hot dog. So that's what I prefer. I'm uh, looking at your Instagram, and it's been a while since you posted with food. Like, are you and food okay? Like, is the relationship doing all right? <laughs> you used to post a lot more with of- food, man. Like you waking up with a box of pizza next to you. and <laughs> What's going on? There's only, there's only so many times I can, I can wake up with a box of pizza in bed before people really start questioning if I'm okay <laughs> or not. So I, I think that's more, more the reason I haven't. But, I mean, listen, there are plenty of photos of me and, uh, and, and our softball crew during the Women's College World Series Championship uh, when we were at our set consuming uh, – I can't even count – I can't even remember the amount of calories that, that I consumed individually. It was, it was pretty heavy in terms of nachos, popcorn, hot dogs, funnel cake, ice cream, donuts. Uh, we, I mean, we, we got after it those, those couple days during the finals, and uh, there's, there's plenty of evidence, empirical and photographical, of that out there somewhere. Adam, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you uh, calling the first uh, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest for you. We're excited, and uh, we'll be watching on ESPN2 at, what would you say, noon? Noon Eastern? Noon Eastern. We'll, noon be, Eastern. we'll be on the air. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, boys. It's Adam Amin, friend of the program from ESPN on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Ketchup on a hot dog? Yes. Yeah, I'm fine with it. That's I, I was interested to hear the Chicago hot dog there. That, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's, there is. There's a lot of colors on that. I like that. <laughs> Coming up, healthy. I really want a hot dog now. Coming up, some BYU volleyballers will be donning the red, white, and blue. But not red, Don. Plus the voice of the nation. This is BYU Sports Nation. Great Not movie. a good remake. Horrible remake. The original remake. was good. Not Patrick Swayze in the original was great. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Mitchell Jurgens, the new BYU sideline reporter on the radio, and ESPN's Adam Amin, who's calling the hot dog eating contest tomorrow. By the way, we discussed zero BYU sports. <laughs> that was a hot com- dogs. That was a complete <laughs> hot dog interview. Fantastic. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. JK, we're not sorry. No time for you. If you missed today's show, you can always download the podcast. You can check it on iTunes or Google Play. And coming up tomorrow, it's the Best of Media Day special on the 4th of July. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NBA. Elijah Bryant confirmed to BYU Sports Nation he will trust the process and play for the Philadelphia 76ers Summer League team. The first game is Friday, July 6th in Las Vegas at the Thomas and Max Center. I'm actually excited. I'm going to be down there for the Summer League this weekend. You're going to go? I'm going to go, yep. My son and I are going to go down there and see the Jazz. Football. And the 76ers. And the 76ers. Las Vegas Superbook released its national championship and Heisman odds for the college football season. Washington, 15-1. Wisconsin, 20-1. For the Heisman, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, 8-1. Arizona's Khalil Tate, 15-1. And Jake Browning from Washington, 20-1. Volleyball. Team USA Women won the gold medal in the inaugural FIVB Volleyball Nations League with the help of former BYU player and men's assistant coach Luca Slabe. The men play in the final six starting tomorrow against Poland in France. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver, two for four, two RBIs and a 4-2 win over the Beloit Snappers. Shaver has reached base safely in six straight games. 
Rugby. A trio of Cougars get Major League Rugby regular season honors. Paul, Le, how do you say it? Lasique. Paul Lasique mm-hmm. is named to the MLR first it team. like a Texas accent. It, it kind like of did. Kiwi accent. Yeah. Uh, while Matt Jensen and Sean Davies both are named second team. And congratulations to Sean. He defeated Paul and Matt over the weekend in the MLR uh, semifinals. Today's Rise and Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. For help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets the Rise and Shout, Chase? Can we give it to Adam Amin? Yes. That was excellent. I, he's great. Uh, he's been on the show a bunch, friend of the program. He's called a bunch of important events. Now he's doing Nathan's hot dog eating contest. He's fantastic. telling the story like asking, should I do this? Everyone looked at him like, of course you should do You're this. You're the guy, dude. You're the booth guy <laughs> for food. All right, let's get to our World Cup date. Two more teams move into the quarterfinals. Yesterday is Brazil beat Mexico 2-0. Belgium beat Japan on a last-second goal, 94th minute. Japan was up 2-0, lost 3-2. In today's final round of 16 games, Sweden beat Switzerland, 1-0. And Colombia plays England at 2 Eastern. We have a member of our crew who's English. He's carrying around the flag. He's got his kit on. It's awesome. Other quarterfinal pairings already set. Uruguay versus France and Brazil versus Belgium. That's going to be epic. Two versus three. And our team, Croatia, playing surprise host still in the tourney in Russia. Croatia's getting through a beat. Man, they're beating Russia. They're going to the karma. They're, they're going to get into the semifinals. Got the karma. Our question of the day, what's the crown jewel of BYU Independence? The elite voice of the day at Twigger Stone on Twitter. No eagle cry? No? Uh, thank you. There it is. Hail Mary times two. Two good wins and time in the national spotlight. A close second is the win against Texas and the Taysom Hill leap. The start to 2015 was dope. The Taysom Hill leap will go down as one of the greatest highlights ever. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. The show on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Andrew Jurgens, BYU Sports Nation. Back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time in our Best of Media Day special. See ya!